Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Witcher chapter by chapter book review where I'll go through a summary of what happened in the latest chapter and give my detailed thoughts on it. Today I'll be discussing chapter 7 from book 3, Blood of Elves. Well, I am excited and I think you can probably guess why I'm excited. We're about to finish up another book and uh, I think there's going to come a time it's going to come up way faster than I am expecting it to, I bet, um, where I'm not really going to be excited when we're wrapping up books because eventually we're going to be on the final book. <laughs> and, and that's going to be a bummer once this is over. But as for now, we still have, what is it, uh, two, three, four, five, six? No. What are there? There's eight in total. And this is going to be the third, so five. <laughs> we have five more. So we're not even halfway through yet. But yeah, I'm very excited to move on to Time of Contempt. Uh, I did already start to read ahead to prepare for the episode following this episode. And yeah, it's, it's a good chapter. That book starts out strong. So yeah, it should be a good one. All right, well, uh, I'm not going to talk too much about what is coming in the future. I'm just going to talk about what is going on in chapter seven, final chapter. So as always, I'll give you a recap of the last episode so that you know what happened in case you missed it or you just need a refresher. And then we'll dive into the summary of the chapter and then we are going to discuss it. Well, I'm going to discuss it and you're going <laughs> to listen to me discuss it. And yeah, always feel free to, in the YouTube comments at least, I don't know if you listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, but you can get on my YouTube channel if you do, Sam Fiction and Fantasy Fun, and uh, leave a comment. Uh, let me know your thoughts. Let me know your thoughts on my thoughts, because sometimes I might be extremely wrong. <laughs> um, and I also just theorize a lot. So if you've got other theories on any of the things that I discuss, um, I'm happy to hear it. That's why I do this. I I want a community of people that I can talk about these things to because the people that I'm closest to in my life don't want to talk to me about The Witcher. <laughs> I wish they did, but they don't. So that's why I have you guys. All right. Anyway, here's the recap from last episode. So the discussion covered part two of chapter six where Geralt fought Ryans, who was allowed to escape by Philippa Eilhart due to a great cause that she did not elaborate on. Meanwhile, three sorcerers, including a Vigelforts, met to discuss options for a plan regarding the northern leader's choice to omit the chapter of wizards from their decisions. During the discussion, there were multiple hints that Vigelforts might be working with Ryans and therefore Nilfgaard, but we were not made 100% clear on whether or not this was true. Also, we found out that Yennefer made it to Melitale's temple and has officially met Ciri. Okay, so this is how chapter 7 went down. At the temple school, Ciri is tending to the chickens with two other novices. One brings up the possibility of a new war. Before the discussion goes much further, a quarrel breaks out between Ciri and her classmates who leave her alone. She goes to a tower to ask a male ward of Mother Neneke's, Yara, about the war. He tries to pass it off as just a rumor, but Ciri isn't convinced. After he awkwardly makes an advance toward her and she's not getting the answers she wants, she returns to Yennefer. Ciri shares her fear of living through another war and how she's afraid it would cause her to lose Yennefer and Geralt, like the last war caused her to lose her family. 
Yennefer reassures Ciri that they'll always be together, but then points out when they first met, Ciri didn't like the sorceress. This triggers the start of a flashback of the pair's first encounter and the events that followed. Yennefer arrived at the temple school per Geralt's request to help Ciri with her abilities. While Neneke introduced the two, Ciri was immediately put off by Yen's flippant attitude toward her. Shortly after, Ciri agreed to participate in tests administered by the sorceress that would determine whether she has magical abilities or not because if so, Yennefer would either teach her how to control them or extinguish them. Because Ciri didn't feel comfortable with Yennefer's forceful nature, she was very resistant to submit to the tests, but Yennefer told her that if she agrees, she'd be able to put a stop to her nightmares. Ciri participates in the tests, and Yennefer confirms Ciri is capable of performing magic, and the lessons take off from there. We're then taken through the process of Yennefer conducting Ciri's studies that, at first, only consist of lectures. Eventually, she provides Ciri with a force that puts an official stop to her nightmares. Now that Ciri's been provided with the Force and has sat through many lectures, Yen starts teaching her the ways of practicing magic through hand positions and gestures that moves into spells and their formulas. During this time, Ciri moves into Yennefer's chambers and they start to grow closer. They're gossiping and making jokes about Neneke's overprotectiveness and laughing together, which is quite special, considering that Yennefer previously noted she rarely laughs. Siri is learning very quickly, so they slow the lessons down and Siri gets the chance to read lots of books, including a collection of poems written by Dandelion. Yennefer begins to ask Siri about her past, like what she remembered of her parents and how she escaped the Nilfgaardians and Sintra. Some details Siri cannot remember, so Yen has her look into the magic star on her choker, and she's brought back to a memory from the Skellige Isles. In the memory, she and her grandmother just arrived to the Isles where Calanthe was scolding Krakon Crate for allowing Ciri's parents to set out to sea, which led to their deaths. Later, Yen is teaching Ciri how to look for intersections, where she can draw the force to use for magic. Ciri finds an intersection, tries to draw from it, but it's too much and she gets a bloody nose and is hurt. Mother Neneke was furious with Yennefer for allowing this to happen. The priestess and magician didn't speak for a week while Ciri's studies were put on hold. After things went back to normal, they continued the lessons and getting to know each other. They got so close to where the relationship grew into something similar to a mother and daughter. We're brought back to the present day where Yennefer and Ciri say goodbye to Neneke as they're leaving the temple to set out to an undisclosed destination. I think that was a really nice way to wrap up the book. So I was excited to see Yen and Siri meeting. I don't know if you remember in the last episode, I was kind of talking crap that we didn't get to uh, witness their meeting. And I was very quickly proven wrong about that. So they did, in fact, or Sapkowski did, in fact, include their meeting, a very detailed description of it. It wasn't just a quick little thing. We got to see how they met and how their how their relationship developed from there. So it actually started out kind of bad. They definitely got off on the wrong foot, but then it turns into something really nice that so they kind of actually have this really sweet relationship because Yennefer, as we're all very well aware of at this point, she really wanted to be a mother and she lived with the regret of becoming a sorceress and losing the ability to be able to procreate. And she was even trying to um, pay a lot of money to ha basically have 
whatever happened to her reproductive system reversed, which I believe is just outright impossible. Like there is no such procedure that could do that. So it was something that she lived with, but it, it, it was a really, really hard thing for Yennefer. So even though she wasn't able to have children of her own, she basically did find something like a daughter. And it's also really nice for Siri because she lost her whole family. And then, you know, she had Geralt and he was basically like a father to her. But now she also has somebody that's also like a mother. And she lost her parents when she was very young, but she had her grandmother and then her grandmother and her, um, he wasn't her grandfather iced, but her step grandfather, basically. I don't know if people ever refer to their grandmother's husbands as their step grandfathers. I actually had a step grandfather my on my dad's side of the family. My grandmom was married to a man that was not my dad's father. It was my dad's stepdad, but I never once referred to him as my step grandfather. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so Yennefer even uh, calls Siri. She, she, she was referring to her as her ugly one, which isn't a very nice thing to call somebody, of course, but I think it, after they get close, it becomes like an endearing term. So I don't know, I just wanted to add in that little detail that Siri is Yennefer's ugly one. So throughout this chapter, we got to learn a little bit more about how magic works. And I wanted to note what we learned here because some of this has been very ambiguous up to this point and we still don't know a lot of the ins and outs but I just wanted to point out because I think that there was a time this first point that I want to make I think that there was an episode I can't remember which episode it was I mean which chapter that was covered or like who was involved in it but I think I did talk about or I expressed my confusion on this point so Apparently, one must be born with the ability to do magic. So this isn't something that just anybody can be taught. And I, I mean, that makes sense. I would actually be surprised if it was something that anybody could be taught. It's I mean, in, in the majority of fantasy series, that's not the case. If you ever do get to learn th that small detail in a fantasy series, but it is confirmed that in the world of The Witcher, you cannot, or not any old person can just become a sorcerer if somebody teaches it to them. You have to have certain abilities that you're just born with. And then we also learn that to use magic, one has to draw a force from either water, earth, air, or fire. So magic is definitely a little bit complicated in this world. And like other fantasy series, it's complicated. But I think of, uh, actually just started rewatching the Harry Potter movies and I was thinking about that, like I was comparing it because I'm constantly involved or involving myself in everything Witcher related as of lately. And so I was comparing the magic in Harry Potter to the magic in The Witcher. And I was thinking, it seems a little bit easier in Harry Potter. <laughs> I mean, they have to go to school to learn it, but I mean, the kids are able to just pick up their wands and start using spells and I mean it, I don't know maybe in the books it was a little bit more complicated I didn't read every Harry Potter book I read some of them and it's also been a long time since I've read those but uh yeah when um or in the Witcher books when you want to use magic you have to draw this force and water apparently is the easiest one to draw from but because water is not just readily available everywhere it's not that accessible but 
earth and air obviously are going to be the most accessible ones but according to Yennefer they're extremely difficult to draw from Siri is not at the point where she's ready to use air or earth and then there's also fire that you can use but I don't know why you're not supposed to do that Yennefer very sternly forbids Siri from using fire to draw from to do magic so I, I don't know if that detail was added on purpose for anything that's coming up in the future, but yeah, just in case it does, remember that you, you're not supposed to use fire. <laughs> so there's also a limited amount of force, but the supply is large enough not to worry about using it all. So that was something that was mentioned about it. Um, a lot of these little details, I mean, I know I'm, you know, going, really going in on these, but they're... <laughs> They're, they're probably not that important, but I just like to go over some of the finer details of the things that we learn in these chapters. Even if it doesn't come up again, I think it's still worth uh, expressing in these episodes how certain things in this world works because it's not our world. It's all very mysterious to us. So I think it's just nice to keep track of that sort of thing. So... One thing I wanted to follow up on from last episode was that dream that Siri had where it was a nightmare where she was in this dark corridor and Yennefer was leading her towards this door and she kind of just instinctively knew that the door was not meant to be open and it was, you know, the spooky dream and Yennefer said to her something like, if you're too afraid, turn back. And Siri said, you know, like that door shouldn't be open. And she said, what about you? And Yennefer said... Uh, what did she say? <laughs> she said, um, oh, it's too late for me. And then Siri had this thought at the time that Yennefer was basically treating her as like a marionette or a puppet on a string. So I talked about that dream because I wondered if there was anything um, fishy going on with Yennefer, if she was actually up to no good when it came to Siri. But I, I didn't think that it was likely, and I still don't. We didn't get a clear and cut answer on what was happening in that dream or why Siri was having that dream. Because you got to keep in mind that these nightmares that Siri has are not always just that. They're not just nightmares. Like So they're, they're often things from the past, and they could even be prophetic. In the last chapter, she also was dreaming about Geralt and Dandelion and Shani traveling to look for Ryan's and that was actually happening. So she was seeing something as it was happening. So that is why I did wonder if Yennefer was doing something bad or if she had bad intentions. But I think what was going on was that Yen tells Siri that magic is a key that can open this forbidden door, which behind lurks horror and evil capable of annihilating the whole world. So I'm guessing that this conversation brought on that nightmare. So I think that they had that conversation and then that nightmare ensued either that night or within like the next few nights. So I think that that's all that was. I don't think Yennefer's got any malicious intent. But I mean, that's not me saying 100%. No, there's no way Yennefer's got any malicious intent. It was just a dream brought on by a conversation because there is one weird thing that happened that I can't figure out why this would have happened. 
So when we met Emperor Amir of Nilfgaard, he said that he wanted Ryans to stop toying with Geralt and to just kill him, but to leave Yennefer alone. Why did he want Yennefer left alone? So that was a little bit suspicious. My, my main thought here is that Yennefer's she's cool. Like we don't have, we don't got to worry about her. I think that she actually does care about Siri. Everything that I just said about them having this sweet mother-daughter relationship, I do think that that really is how it is. But just keep that in mind as we move forward. And I'm not saying anything. Like this isn't me saying, you know, keep that in mind because something's coming up. I'm just saying in case something happens. <laughs> I just uh, uh that's how I'm thinking about it. So yeah, overall I, at the end of the day, I don't think Yennefer is currently plotting something evil with Ciri. But just, you, you don't want to exclude any possibilities, especially in a story like this where a lot of things are very ambiguous until we finally get a clear answer, if we ever get a clear answer. Okay. Anyway. Uh, I have another thing that I wanted to follow up on that I talked about in previous episodes, not last episode. It's been a while because we haven't actually seen Triss in a while. So this has to do with Triss. I actually don't know what's going on with her after she parted ways with Geralt and Ciri when she was really sick as they were traveling to take Ciri to the temple school. Uh, no idea what happened. There was one mention that she went into hiding, but I don't know why she would go into hiding exactly. Uh, maybe... Bryant's was looking for her too. Who knows? But uh, coming back to this thing that I talked about with Triss was I was wondering, like I was really wondering if Yennefer was aware that her friend Triss and her former lover Geralt got romantically involved with each other. And it still wasn't made completely clear in this chapter, but there was a mention related to that. So there was a point where Siri slipped up and brought up Triss. And Siri kind of just knew that she shouldn't talk about Triss to Yennefer, but she got carried away one day and then said something about Triss. And then Yennefer started asking questions very casually, trying to act like it, you know, it was no big deal. And um, it was said that Siri basically knew what motivated those questions. So I'm thinking that Yennefer did know about Geralt and Triss getting involved with each other in the past. And I think that the reason she was asking Siri questions is because she wanted to find out if anything else went down between Geralt and Triss when Triss was visiting at Kara Morhen. So as I mean, as we know, nothing did happen, but I think that that's the reason Yennefer was asking for more information. She wanted to know and she was asking casually, maybe so as to not, you know, keep Siri from telling her the truth, you know, if she were to ask like if she were to sound too eager or maybe maybe get this pissed off attitude and ask about it Siri might worry about spilling some beans that she's not supposed to spill and then um, not be completely truthful in what was going on so like, like I said we don't know 100% if Yennefer knows but I think that that was basically Sapkowski letting us know that she knows so that sucks for her to know that much uh, because you no, know, if your friend and your ex are gonna get together and like deliberately do it behind your back, <laughs> that's something that honestly you'd be better off just never learning about it. I mean, it would suck that they would do that at all, but 
I think in that sort of situation, at least for me, that's how I would look at it. Ignorance is bliss. I would just rather not know, but Yennefer is probably aware. Okay, so let's talk about war. (laughs) There is probably a war that's going to start, and this has been brought up uh, multiple times throughout the book. I mean, there's been a lot of things that have happened related to war, but even going back to the first chapter and the uh, perform- Dandelion's performance under the um, oak tree Blaoberis, Blaoberis, there was an audience member during that whole discussion that said something about you know, a second war with Nilfgaard. So this has been very slowly building up throughout the entire book. And it still isn't confirmed that that's going to happen for sure, but it's seeming more and more likely. So there were multiple people who have heard about it. And then, you know, considering also the whole council from last chapter, we discussed it two episodes ago in part one of um, chapter six, but the council between the northern leaders, that was a very telltale sign that something is going to pop off. And it also Amir is sitting there plotting on what he's going to do with these northern kingdoms. So that too, I mean, it's just, it, it would be odd at this point if a war didn't happen. Like if there was just complete peace for a while and Nilfgaard didn't come back into the picture. So there was the first mention at the very beginning of the chapter, this novice, her name is Iola the second. <laughs> Uh, she said that she heard that Foltest is sending out a call to arms and castles and citadels are being ordered to stock up on supplies in case of a siege. I mean, that sort of those things don't happen unless there's a war that's about to start or you're preparing for the possibility of a war, but still. And then you have Yara. He's the guy that is Nenika's ward. He's also got what seems to be a very big crush on Siri. She doesn't reciprocate those feelings. Uh, but yeah, he's this um, kind of like a student, I guess. He's um, he's a kid, like probably around series age, maybe a little bit older. Actually, did they say his age? Might have said he was 16. For some reason, I'm thinking that he's 16. I could just be making that up in my head, but they might have said that. Whatever. Uh, so he said that he has heard about these claims of war, but he thinks that it's all gossip. He says that Nilfgaard wouldn't be able to cross the Yuruga River. So the Yuruga River separates the northern kingdoms from, I guess, like the southern territories. I think Nilfgaard is um, in control of a lot of those areas, a lot of those countries. Um, And the only reason that, according to Yara, the only reason that Nilfgaard was able to cross the river the last time during the first war was because they didn't have as many countries standing up to them as they would now. Because of that first war, there is now an alliance between more countries and they would have to get past a lot or a much bigger army, I suppose. So Yara agrees that there was fighting in Dol Angra, but the attacks couldn't have been from a regular army. He thinks that it was probably probably brigands or smugglers. And the whole Dull Anger thing, I think it was last chapter that I talked about it, but it was um, the last episode that I talked about it, but it was the episode before um, that part of the of chapter six where it was brought up. The Northern Leaders Council, they discussed basically 
creating a fake incident in Dol Angra so that they could say that they were provoked by Nilfgaard in order to justify going to war again with Nilfgaard um, because they're supposed to have this peace with them. But if they're provoked, then that would justify them to do so, and then they would be able to be backed by other countries, probably also by the mages. And then Amir is also trying to send that Marshal Men of Cohorn to Dolangra, and he said, don't act when provoked. Uh, it was very unclear, so I don't know exactly what he was plotting, but Amir, he was not as... Um, cut and clear he wasn't as open as the northern leaders were in their discussion but something i talked about it last episode that uh, something is probably gonna go down in dolangra and it looks like there has been fighting so i think that that is probably i mean i don't know what uh, nilfgaard is doing exactly or what their motivations are but the northern leaders i think are doing stuff there to try to get a war going so this isn't even just aggressions from Nilfgaard at this point. I think that this is also the northern countries are trying to get a war going, um, which is unfortunate. But um, Yara, he probably, I think I don't think that Yara is correct in suggesting that it's all gossip. I think that he probably hadn't yet heard about Foltest's call to arms when he spoke to Siri. Um, he could be right, though. I mean, it could just be gossip. Maybe there isn't a war that's starting. Maybe it's it, 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 there's a the very strong possibility right now, but it's um, it could just not end up coming. It, it could just not end up happening. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, but then we also have Yennefer who says to Siri when Siri is expressing her fear of another war, Oh, it was really sad for Siri. She got very worked up about losing Yennefer and Geralt again. Um, but Yennefer says to her, let's not talk about it. Let's not worry too soon. Instead of just saying, no, there's not going to be a war. So if Yennefer's saying that, I think that she would tell Siri the truth if she knew 100% that there was going to be a war. But, and I do think that Yennefer is in the know more so than, you know, your average peasant. So I don't think that she knows for sure, but I think from what Yennefer is aware of at this point, it's seeming likely. And that's why she didn't say, oh, don't worry about it, Siri. Everything's going to be fine. There's not going to be a war. So I think that that's, that's just another uh, piece from this chapter that made it seem like, yeah, I think it's going to go down. I think once we're in time of contempt, we're going to be seeing a uh, lot more things going on related to that and i think that there's going to be a lot of violence and death uh, but let me not get too far ahead of myself i'm not closing out the episode yet uh, i still have a few other points i want to make so there is the uh, the end of the chapter where yennefer and siri are leaving the temple and we don't know where they're going and we don't know why they're going so I'm wondering if maybe they're going to go meet Geralt. Uh, and I'm also thinking that maybe Ciri has been there for too long that her location may have just, be, it might just be at a greater risk of being discovered. So the longer she stays there while all these people are looking for her, the chances are just keep going up that someone's going to know where she is and they're going to be able to go there and find her. So they might want to, move her to another safe location and maybe she'll be at the next place for a short amount of time 
and then go somewhere else. Who knows? But um, I was also thinking that maybe she'll attend a school for sorcerers so she can expand on the magic that she's been learning from Yennefer because Yennefer was only teaching her the basics. And I know that we have learned that when a sorcerer is learning magic, they have to go to an actual school. I know that Istri had mentioned that in the Shard of Ice, Yennefer's ex, basically. Um, I know he mentioned that there was like very long, grueling studies. So if Siri is going to be taught everything that your typical sorcerer is going to be taught, then she might have to go to a, a legit school for it. So that could be where they're heading. Um, I'm just, you know, throwing out my ideas, but I, as always, I could be wrong. Uh, as they were leaving, there were flocks of crows seen flying by, and it is said that that is a sign of a bad omen. And they're, like I just talked about, a war might be starting. So it doesn't seem like it's a good time for them to be leaving. I do trust that Yennefer is going to keep Ciri safe. I know Yennefer is extremely capable. I think that if it was a terrible idea for them to leave, if it was putting Ciri at a really bad risk, then Yennefer probably just wouldn't be taking her at all. But... Siri did tell Neneke that she would come back to visit her soon, and it read out in the chapter, I think it was the very last sentence, actually, it said she didn't know how very wrong she was. Just doesn't sound good. Super ominous, and uh, I don't have a good feeling about what's to come for Siri's future. Uh, but, I mean, how can you? <laughs> Not with just those little details from this chapter, but also... Uh, because we know that so many people are trying to get her. There's kings and queens that want her dead. So that's just... Uh, it's not good. And I feel really bad for this poor girl. <laughs> and she's... Uh, I just... I love Siri. She's so funny. And this chapter was really enjoyable. Um, getting to know her better. I know it was all about this relationship that grew between her and Yennefer, and it was really nice and special, but we did get to see more of Ciri. Uh, we, when you think about it, we really haven't gotten to know her that well until this chapter. I mean, we got to know her a little bit when she was at Kaer Morin, and a little bit when um, they were traveling from Kaer Morin to the uh, temple school. But yeah, we got to know her more, and she's very likable. She's funny and sweet, and she's really smart. I think she's so funny. She's like, I just picture like one of the cutest people when I think about Siri. So, um, yeah, I really hate that <laughs> people are trying to kill her and that something bad seems like it's going to happen. But yeah, who knows? We got to wait until the next book, which I mean, these episodes are still spaced apart as usual. I post once every week. So <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that as if we've got to wait for another book to be released. It's out already. It's nothing like that. Okay, so my closing thoughts. Um, although this one thing, the, the first thing that, that I have written here in my notes isn't really a closing thought, but it is just one thing I wanted to mention. So I, I pointed out in the summary that Siri read Dandelion's work. She read a collection of his poems and it said that she shed tears over the ballads of Essie Davin in a volume titled The Blue Pearl. Oh, that was 
I love so much that he included that because if you recall from the A Little Sacrifice story or the episode where I covered that, that is my favorite of the short stories. I absolutely loved how everything went in that story. I loved the character of Little Eye and Dandelion had poems about her and he had them in this volume titled The Blue Pearl and that was after the pearl that kind of was given to her by Dandelion, kind of by Geralt. Dandelion was the one who found it and wanted to give it to her, but he didn't know it was a blue pearl. I think he just thought it was like a regular clamshell. And um, when she discovered that there was a blue pearl in there, um, Geralt told her, like he insisted that she keep it. And she put it in a necklace and she was buried with it. And Dandelion was the one that buried her when she died of the smallpox. Oh my gosh. I just loved it. I loved that. Like, I have goosebumps right now just talking about it. That was really, that was really nice. Uh, Not really related to the story as a whole or the chapter, but I had to talk about it. I could not just skip over that detail. Some little things like that that I know aren't really integral to the story, I'll just kind of, you know, not even bother to bring it up, but that one I, I couldn't leave untouched. So, uh, Calanthe, Ciri's grandmother, former queen of Sintra, in that memory when um, Ciri and Calanthe were in Skellige, Calanthe told Croc on Crate that he owed her a huge debt after the death of her daughter and son-in-law. She said if he doesn't collect it before she dies, Ciri will. So, I wonder if she ever did collect that debt or if Croc is now indebted to Ciri. And I also wonder what that payment looks like. So I think that that was mentioned because they probably didn't collect it and Croc is going to owe Siri something in the future and that might come in handy. I mean, I have no idea what it would be, but I think that it could probably come in handy when he seems to have a lot of authority in Skellica and Siri has a lot of people that also have authority trying to kill her. So I wanted to mention that so that we were tracking it in these episodes. We didn't get to find out in this chapter what Geralt is going to do or what he wants to do after his whole fight with Ryan's and Ryan's getting away. We're going to have to wait until the next book, probably. I mean, I say probably, definitely. Can you imagine if there was a a whole book that went by where Geralt was just not in it at all? (laughs) I would rage. Like, I, I, I would just boycott the books if Geralt was completely omitted from a book. That would be so stupid. So yeah, next book we're going to find out. I I don't know if it'll be next episode that we're going to cover it. Um, If he's not in the first chapter, he might not be. But I mean, I do know. (laughs) I I started reading ahead already. So um, yeah, I'm just, I thought that that was interesting that we didn't get to find out before the end of the book what Geralt's plans were. But maybe he is heading to a place where he's going to meet up with Yen and Ciri um, when Siri got back to their chamber after seeing Yara towards the beginning of the chapter, um, there was recently arrived letters, and I'm thinking maybe one was from Geralt. I know Yen specifically said that it wasn't from, none of them were from Geralt, but I, she meant that none of them were from Geralt to Siri. so I'm wondering maybe one was from Geralt to Yennefer, and they were talking about where they would meet up. Um, perhaps Geralt and Yennefer will get back together. Didn't seem likely in the past, but now they've got something in common. They basically are like parents to this girl. And we know that Geralt 
definitely still loves Yennefer. I mean, whether he'd want to actually be with her again, we don't know, but those feelings haven't gone away. And we found out now that Yennefer is in the same boat. So she specifically said that there was longing, regret, hope, and fear between them. So I think that they could maybe get back together. I hope so, actually. I really like the two of them together. I know that their relationship was very messy and they fought a lot, but I don't know, something about it. I just, it's just true love. And I think that that's why. Um, I've gotten sappy a few times in this episode and I apologize for that. I don't, I don't mean to do that as often as I have in this episode. <laughs> so I'm going to move on to my next, uh, my next thought here. So one thing that I was left wondering about was that since Yennefer made it that Siri isn't going to have those nightmares anymore, did she also take away those episodes where Siri gets possessed? Uh, it didn't say, but because the two seemed related, I'm thinking that maybe that those are gone too. And Siri didn't experience any of those episodes in this chapter, which doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. Um, and again, in the future, but, or that they're gone, that they've been eliminated. Uh, but I don't know. I'm hoping that that's the case. Uh, it's one of the, it's another thing we're just gonna have to wait and find out. It's building. Like, I feel like every episode is just more and more is building on what we have to wait and find out. Like we just, you know, we're getting more questions than we're getting answers, but you know what? I'm, that's not a criticism. I love it. I think that that's what keeps it so intriguing, but yeah, I don't know if um, if, it, if it's going to be one of those things where we wonder about and then it just never happens again and then we kind of forget that we were ever wondering in the first place or if Siri is going to end up being possessed again and speaking in that creepy voice um, that I really hate listening to the audiobook during because <laughs> he does a good job of making that voice so scary. Uh, okay, so... This is my final point. Um, we got more evidence that Vigilvortz is probably looking for Siri. Last chapter, and okay, maybe not evidence, but more reason to believe that it's that he's looking for Siri and that he's working with Ryan's and Nilfgaard. So in the last chapter, when looking at the apparatus used for locating someone, Tissaia, the sorceress, referred to it as the stone metal crystal method stone metal crystal for some reason that I, I felt like I didn't say that right I did uh, <laughs> Yennefer instructed Siri in this chapter not to wear any jewelry and she reprimanded her when she wore a ring she said that she can't wear anything with stone crystal or metal also said it's very important but she would explain later she never did explain although maybe she explained to Siri when we weren't around to witness it but I think that it's probably so that no one can locate her using one of those apparatuses, apparatus I? I don't know. Um, one of those apparatus, well, <laughs> one of the, you know what I'm saying. Um, he had one of those and he also next to it had those books that seemed related to Siri, a book on elder blood. And that was even mentioned again in this chapter. She was called child of the elder blood again. So yeah, vehicle forts don't trust him. I look forward to seeing what happens with him in the next book because there's no way that he's not going to get brought up again in the next book. Okay, well, that is all I have for you. Thank you 
very, very much for listening to me talk about these books. Um, three books in. Uh, we got five more books to go. I hope you're as excited about it as I am. Just to let you know, in case you didn't, these episodes are available on YouTube with video, Spotify and Apple Podcasts with just the audio. Thank you again so much for joining. And I'll catch you all in the next episode. Goodbye. <laughs>